Welcome to another episode of the Nourishing Africa podcast. Today, we bring you an increasingly popular and interesting topic on business enterprise strategies and sharing economies, with the focus being, is access the alternative to ownership? You see, we live in an exceptional moment in history. Tremendous changes are underway in society and everything we do is being reinvented. How we live, how we work, how we play, how we communicate, and even how we feel or think. And one of these many evolutions is the rise of the sharing economy. The sharing economy is an economy that favors access to assets over the ownership of these assets themselves. It is a fast rising economy that has been estimated to grow within the short period from $14 billion in 2015 to about $335 billion in 2025. Our guest today, Kevin Govender, is an expert on the subject of shared economies. He will take us through everything we need to know about the concept, especially how it affects the African agribusiness sector. Welcome to today's podcast episode, Kevin. Good afternoon, Jane, and thank you very much for the opportunity. Kindly introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your work. My name is Kevin Govender. I'm a director or partner at Deloitte Africa. So I head up enterprise resource planning at Deloitte. I'm an industrial engineer by qualification. And I I did my master's on the shared economy through Fitz Business School. And through my research, I was asked to, to consider writing a book on it. And that's what I did. I, uh, in last year, um, in November, I officially became a published author. And uh, I wrote the book called The Rise of the Sharing Economy, uh, Excess is the New Ownership. Before we continue, I would like to congratulate you, Kevin, on being a published author. And now I would like you to tell us a bit about what the sharing economy is. I mean, you have written quite a lot about it. So I'd like you to explain a bit further what it is and how it is an effective strategy in revolutionizing business methods. Okay, great. Now, thank you very much. So in 2011, the sharing economy was duped by Time magazine as one of the 10 ideas that will change the world. And it has been widely hailed as a major growth sector. So if you look at what the sharing economy itself, they classify it as, as a new economic model that focuses on access to assets or resources instead of ownership. It has exploded in popularity over recent years and has disrupted a significant number of mature industries such as the accommodation industry, the automotive and the entertainment industry. In simple terms, it is no longer about the ownership. It is about the experience and the whole premise is you do not have to own something to experience something. And I think what has happened with the sharing economy, it is due to the expansion of technology. It has actually become easier to use. And you find that, you know, there's traditional business models. But what the sharing economy has done, it has brought other business models, for example, subscription-based model. Now, you know, if you have to understand what is subscription, and let's just take a simple example. If you're a music lover, previously what you would have done is you would have went out and you would have bought all your favorite CDs and artists that you enjoy. But where the world has changed, you find that there's other subscription-based services platforms that has emerged, such as Apple Music, Spotify. These are examples of platforms where you have access to large, you know, variety of musics, millions of genres, millions of songs, access to the artists that you would like. 
and you have the ability to listen to this music anytime, anywhere, on any platform. And all you need to do, in some cases, some of them would give you a certain amount of free access. And if you want further access, you pay subscription fee. So you get a freemium, which is free, plus you pay for certain services. And there's lots of benefits that come with the sharing economy because remember, there's no more burdens of ownership. And if you look at the property rights theory and owning assets, you got to maintain, you got to keep it safe. So those are just a simple example I thought that I would give that actually demonstrates what the sharing economy is all about. The difference between the traditional business models and the quality evolved with the revolutionized business models. Thank you so much, Kevin, for that. You see, I love how you've broken down this concept of the shared economy, making use of the entertainment sector. Now, let's bring it home a bit to the agricultural sector, in particular, the African agricultural sector. Now, do you think that the African market is ready or likely to adopt a sharing economy system? And have you noticed trends in this sector that would support the African agricultural market being ready to adopt this system? Yes, definitely, Jane. And maybe before I go into the detail on the sharing economy, let's just understand agriculture. If you look at agriculture or farming, there are certain key requirements in order to make agriculture successful. For example, you would need access to machinery or, or tractors to farm. You would need access to funding to be able to buy you know, seedlings or plants to be able to plant. You would need access to water and you would also need access in some cases to maybe electricity to do some of things. So if I bring that back to the sharing economy, a country like Nigeria or even Africa, there is a large amount of land available. But the problem is, you know, getting access to funding and tractors to be able to farm this land is very, very difficult. So if you look at the sharing economy, what has evolved, we look at what we call Uber for tractors. And a very prominent company that is established within Nigeria and Kenya is Hello Tractor. Hello Tractor has revolutionized the ownership versus the access because what they've done is they've realized that a lot of farmers do not have access to tractors or cannot afford to buy them. So what they did is they created a platform called Hello Tractor where you can have access to tractors to come and help you farm. The statistics out there show that from a farming perspective, if you had to farm the land manually versus using tractors, there's a big difference from a timing perspective. You probably would take 30 to 40 times longer to farm a land using laborers or manually versus using a tractor. And from a cost perspective, it's much more expensive because it'll take longer. So tractors is a very productive way to do that. So Hello Tractor has actually created capability where people can actually have access to these tractors. There is a similar company in South Africa, for example, ALX, that is also formed where you can actually go and get access to tractors for a period of time so that you can actually farm the land and increase the productivity. That's one part from agriculture. Let's just talk about funding. You know, it's very difficult to be able to get funding from banks because of the collateral that uh, upfront collateral that you need to put to be able to get the access to these loans. But there's technology such as Lendico and Rainfin that actually and what we call these peer-to-peer funding models that gives where there's a funder and a borrower and this platform actually looks at people who are enthusiastic about certain areas for example farming that you could actually go and put your ideas in and there's an algorithm that runs in the back and does the matching and this is another way of getting funding and by getting the funding the funder or the lender either takes an equity stake in your business or they share in your profits so that's another way that farmers could actually 
actually look at getting funding. If you also look at water, for example, to get water for farming, borehole sharing is another option. If it's difficult for you to pick a borehole because of the cost, you could actually partner with other farmers and create a, a shared borehole and chain water, including, for example, solar. If electricity is required, solar sharing is another option. So these are different models that have emerged through the use of technology that can actually improve the agriculture sector. So Jane, those are some of the trends that I've seen particularly where could add value to the agriculture sector. Thank you so much, Kevin, for that. You've really been insightful so far on this podcast. Now, you see, I'm excited at the number of African agribusiness examples you have highlighted in the sharing economy, especially in relation to how well they have been doing. This shows that the African agricultural sector is definitely receptive to this sharing economy. Now, with these trends and patterns that you have noticed, what specific opportunities do you think that this sharing economy presents for the African agribusiness owners? How can African agribusiness entrepreneurs tap into the sharing economy for their businesses? Part of the previous questions, I did give some examples, but I'll just touch on some of them briefly. So, you know, we spoke about transportation. So I think there's opportunities there. So I think transportation, right? So we talk about uh, the tractors, the ability, whether you use, uh, whether it's transportation to transport your goods once it's produced or whether it's to be able to farm the land. I think that's definitely one area. If you look at where our technology is evolved, people using drones for aerial inspections of agriculture, that's another thing, right? If you don't have access to that, that's another technology that you could actually look at organizations that provide these technologies to help you understand the quality of your farm. So, so that's definitely there. And as I said, you know, some of the benefits of that is convenience. You only require the tractor when you need it. You don't have to own it and you don't have to be burdened by the burdens of ownership. So those are some of the benefits. I think from a cost perspective, it's definitely cheaper. It's more affordable and you only pay per use, which means the only time there's a capital outlay or a cost outlay is when you actually go and borrow these tractors for the period of time. I think the other one is, as I mentioned, when I talk about there's limited or no exposure to burdens of ownership, and that includes there's no tractor installments, there's no insurance there's no maintenance and that is definitely something that i think a lot of people out there would enjoy Thank you so much, Kevin, for that. I really relate to the fact where you mentioned the burdens of ownership. Agribusiness entrepreneurs don't have to worry about fixing tractors or repairing parts. I mean, all they just have to do is to order when they need it and then return it to the owner when they are through. So now moving on, what practical ways do you think existing and emerging agribusinesses can adopt or pivot their current business models to leverage a sharing economy? And what risks and challenges will they consider when doing this? So Jane, I think the first thing we need to understand, you don't have to replace one business model by the other. You could actually adopt multiple business models and different options. For example, just say you're a farmer who farms different types of crop or vegetables or fruits. And if you've been in a farming business for a long time, you might have excess or you might own certain tractors. So in that case, I'm not saying to you, go and sell your tractor. You can still keep your tractor, right? That's the one thing. And you can use it for the crops that you have. But you might even think about diversifying and maybe you have extra land available that is suitable for another type of crop. But for that particular crop, you need some specialized equipment or machinery that you don't have. You could go out and only borrow those or engage in the sharing economy to get those kind of equipment and machinery when required. So what you're seeing is it's a combination of own and paper use when you require. So that's one thing that I think that's important. And I think if you think about the risk of ownership, right, as I said, the burdens of ownership, the cost it goes. And if you have cash flow 
problems, that becomes a problem. So those are the challenges you could face with ownership. But in terms of excess, you only pay for what you use. So you can actually define when you have the money to be able to do that because upfront you can get a sense of how much it's going to cost you. And by doing that, you'll be able to go and pay for that. So those are some of the benefits associated with doing that, right? Now, as mentioned, you know, previously, there are many types of, you know, business models that are out there. The question is, which business model appeals to you? And when do you use these business models? So I think that's the important thing. Thank you so much, Kevin. You see, when we were talking, something just came to mind. We have quite a number of African agripreneurs who have equipment that they may not be using regularly. Like when you mentioned having a tractor or ownership to certain processing equipment. So do you also think that they can participate in the sharing economy by putting up their equipment for lease or for rent so that other African entrepreneurs who do not have access to these things can also come on to their care in the business and ask for these things for, of course, money. So do you think this is another way that African entrepreneurs can get into the sharing economy? No, definitely. Because think about it. If you look at agriculture, agriculture is also seasonal, right? There's certain crop you plant at certain periods. So what that means is if you have your own equipment, that equipment is underutilized at certain periods or certain seasons and other seasons they kept away. So that gives you an opportunity also to generate additional income because you can actually register your equipment on the sharing platforms and that piece of equipment can be shared and you can actually generate additional revenue. So that's definitely another option for farmers out there. And, and remember that way, by generating additional money, you could actually decide to use that money, the extra income you're getting to be able to buy more seedlings, buy more equipment and actually create larger portfolio of equipment and machinery that you could actually start leasing even more and start uh, generating more money from. Thank you so much, Kevin, for that. And moving on to the next question, really, can you further highlight a couple of practical examples on how a sharing economy model has helped and can help to build sustainable and profitable businesses. Sure. If you look at the agriculture or farming business, remember there's an end-to-end value chain. You know, one party is planting the crop, the other party is harvesting the crop, the other party is transportation the crop to be sold in market or exported. So fleet management, for example, if you have your own fleet of tractors or trucks that actually transport is good, that's another option, right? So you could actually share that platforms for other farmers who do not have access to do that. So fleet management could be another option that actually gets done from that perspective. So that's definitely one area, right, that I would recommend that we do that. We spoke about ball, sharing water, electricity. So that will definitely help in terms of, you know, access to water, access to electricity in terms of those models. We spoke about farming equipment. And the other thing we spoke about is funding and various funding and peer-to-peer funding models that are out there. How do you partake in that or participate in that to be able to get funding and actually part of that process, uh, build your organization, grow your organization. You know, if you look at these organizations as well, right? So I think with limited resources that are available, the desire to become more environmentally conscious, the high cost and burdens of ownership and a rapidly growing population, as well as the the increase in the number of farmers, I think we all faced with the greater challenges and opportunities to fulfill our consumption needs, right? So the question is, what are those things in the sharing economy that would be a benefit to you and how do you exploit and take advantage of the opportunities out there? Thank you so much, Kevin, for that. This has been a really insightful conversation with you. Before we leave, I would like you to tell us what resources are readily available for African entrepreneurs who are interested in learning more about the sharing economy. 
Definitely, I would say, you know, one of the resources available is my book called The Rise of the Sharing Economy. Access is the New Ownership by Kevin Govender. It is available on Amazon. It's available in bookstores in South Africa, but it's also available on quite a few digital platforms. It's available both in a physical copy as well as a digital copy. I think there's also different research that has been done by researchers on that. So there's, uh, I think from an academic perspective, there's, there is resources that are available to do this. But I think, as I said, Hello Tractor is one good example that is revolutioning the world from a farming perspective. So that's a very good use case to be able to get and it is available in Africa. But I think again, if there's anyone who would be interested in getting more detail and wanting to unpack this further, you know, more than happy to contact me or read my book. Thank you so much, Kevin, for that. I'm sure that a lot of our listeners would already be searching Amazon for your book. Thank you once again, Kevin. And this brings us to the end of our podcast session with you. There you have it, our listeners. We have brought you another exceptional episode of Nourishing Africa podcast. So please don't forget to like and share with your friends who you know will benefit from this podcast episode. And until the next podcast episode, do have a lovely time. Bye-bye.